you've heard the term winter cometh or maybe i just started it now but anyway winter cometh and with it comes storms that can cripple a population tornadoes and hurricanes have dominated to this point on this podcast but now the seasons are changing in the northern hemisphere it is now time for the blizzard hi i'm chris may host of this day in weather history a podcast from the weather network in canada Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a day, and if you ever need to get caught up, you'll have access to all of the archives that date all the way back to when we first started on June 1st. But let's push ahead to today. We're looking at the most powerful and menacing of winter weather, the blizzard. But not any normal blizzard. This one took the power of a hurricane and blended it with the knockout blow that is snow, freezing frigid cold, and whiteout conditions. It was the Great Lakes Storm of 1913 that started on November 7th of that year, this day in weather history. The Great Lakes Storm of 1913 has been known by so many other names. It is historically referred to as the Big Blow, the Freshwater Fury, or White Hurricane. Remember now (laughs) that this is 1913, though there was no social media and barely any media at all for that matter, so there was no way for everyone to know about any one event at the same time. So as a result of this, news would travel and get filtered through creative license when it came to the details at times. I think you know what I'm talking about. This was typical for any legend of any time until the rise of the computer and instant access to anything and everything. But this storm in 1913 was a blizzard with hurricane force winds that devastated the Great Lakes Basin in the Midwestern United States and Ontario in Canada. It started on November 7th, this day in weather history, and punished everyone and everything in its path through November 10th of 1913. It is still considered today the deadliest and most destructive natural disaster to hit the five Great Lakes in recorded history. It killed more than 250 people. It destroyed 19 ships, stranding 19 others. The storm was at its peak on November 9th when it battered and flipped ships on four of the five Great Lakes, particularly Lake Huron. Now, as is the case with storms that pack powerful gusts, those gusts will subside for a spell, only to reoccur. And this happened here. But again, this is only 1913, and news didn't really travel well, if at all. So when there were those deceptive lulls in the storm, the news would slow. And that resulted in poor updates of weather reports. And this contributed to the storm's destructiveness, given that people did not know to brace. All right, all right, all right. Stop me if you've heard this one before. The storm was an extratropical cyclone that developed out of the merging convergence of two major fronts and was fueled by the lake's relatively warm waters compared to the ice cold descending from the northwest. All right. Uh, if this, <laughs> if that sounds familiar at all to anyone, it is. First of all, it is basically the same setup that Hurricane Hazel took from our October 16th episode of This Day in Weather History. In that episode, when speaking of that 1954 event, I said, and I quote, tell me if this sounds familiar, by the time it reached Canada, it was an extratropical Category 1 but Hazel did not act alone. Merging, or phasing, with a cold front, it created a new center of low pressure. It's the same setup. That was the energy it needed to unleash the fury it did on that day with rain, but on this November, the result was snow. Also, a storm set up like this is pretty typical seasonal process. It's called a November gale. 
This one produced 90-mile-per-hour wind gusts. That's 140 kilometers per hour. Waves over 35 feet or 11 meters high in whiteout snow squalls. You have, like back in 1954 with Hurricane Hazel, a deep-rooted moisture feed with a sharp cold front colliding with a moisture-rich low, and the combination of pressure and temperature gradient will result in extreme sustained winds and even deadlier gusts. This one in 1913, happening in that very late fall and early winter time of year, saw everything hurricane-like, but in place of rain it was snow. Rain will soak, snow will bury. Those winds tossed around and destroyed boats, most of which, of course, were still being made of wood, so it was a lot easier than the vessels we have today made of an iron bulkhead. But for 1913, the financial loss in vessels alone was nearly $5 million, which today would equate closer to $130 million. Those ships were not pleasure cruisers. They were transporting goods and food. There was an estimated additional $1 million at today's current value, in lost cargo, and that was including 68,300 tons in coal, iron ore, and grain. And this all came from the storm that started on November 7th of 1913, this day in weather history. Tomorrow is November 8th, and this is going to begin part one of a two-part series on Remembrance Day, weather, and war. We are going to be focusing in on World War I, and tomorrow, November 8th, we're going to be talking about trench warfare and just how much hell those soldiers had to put up with. And we're going to be talking about it tomorrow on our first of two Remembrance Day episodes. On this day in weather history, with me, your host, Chris May. <laughs>